You're listening to Seven Figure Fitness Business. And today we're going to be telling you how as a fitness business owner, you may be better off with the way that you're doing things, taking a full-time gig working at McDonald's. (laughs) Iggy, do you want to start this one off? Yeah, now this sounds a little harsh because... Now, if you're listening, you're probably thinking to yourself like, okay, what are you guys talking about? And we're going to get to that later on. But a funny story that I want to share is actually I used to work at this place called Little Caesars. Is there a Little Caesars in Australia? Are you guys Are you guys familiar with the business? Okay. So essentially what it is, a drive-through, imagine like a drive-through restaurant, but for pizza, right? So their promise is that you can walk in, buy your pizza and box of pizza ready to go with less like within five minutes of being in the restaurant. So it was terrible. I hated working there. I was making like $8 an hour working at this place. I was overworked and underpaid. I hated the job. (laughs) Makes me grateful for what I'm doing now. But anyway, so one of the funny stories is when I first started my business and after factoring how much hours I was putting into the business and how much money I was making initially, I was actually... (laughs) I think I was actually making hourly less than what I was getting ready to start paying my VA because of all the hours that I was putting into the business. So when I realized how little money I was making at the time, I felt like it would be better for me to like go back and start working, driving Uber and doing other things and just paying my VA to do the things in my business that I was doing because I just wasn't making enough money at the time. So basically, like this is a story that we see all the time. And I mean, I experienced at one stage as well is that I, I worked at McDonald's. I know you worked at McDonald's, G, um, Iggy, you worked at Caesars. So we've all kind of done it. It's like the shit kicking, like first job that you have. And obviously some people worked out for a long time, but I think they know what they're getting into. And if that's the case, that's fine. If that's what you want to do. But when people get into a fitness business, I don't think that that's the perception that they have in mind when they start that job. And unfortunately, because of the lack of clarity about numbers and how they spend their time, they might have a decent hourly rate, but when they're actually working with a client, because of all the other work that goes on outside of sessions to generate leads, make sales, do all the admin and all that kind of stuff, they dilute their hourly rate down so low that often it can dip below what a McDonald's hourly worker would be making. In some cases, it's going to dip below the McDonald's hourly rate. But it's just like the biggest factor is could you earn more money elsewhere doing any sort of role than what you're currently doing now? And would you be better off having that money as an investment you could put back into your fitness business to allow you to scale faster? Yeah, because if you think about it, it's really about creating leverage in the business. And you can't really create the leverage or know what kind of leverage you need until you understand the numbers and the economics of your business. And I think that's one of the mistakes that I made early on was not knowing the numbers in the business, right? Not knowing the economics, not knowing what I was really making for the amount of time and effort that was putting into the business, right? I started out on the organic hustling grind, like on the hamster wheel of organic. (laughs) And not only doing that, but also going to networking events and doing all these different things. When I sat down and started looking at like how much time I was actually putting in versus how many clients and how much money I was making each month, I was shocked. Like I was probably making around like five, six dollars an hour when I really sat down and calculated conservatively how much time I was actually putting into the business. You know, it's really interesting when you talk about the concept of sort of understanding and auditing your time. 
Iggy, a lot of the time on sales calls, when I'm speaking to people who are potentially interested in getting some help with their business, it becomes really apparent to me that a lot of people who are working full time, whatever that means in their fitness business, they don't have another job. They're only earning sort of two or 3000 a month. So they're struggling. And one of the things I hear all the time is I don't have enough time to work on my business right now, which is crazy, right? It's like, where's all that time going? And I just think a lot of people aren't aware of how they're actually spending their time. And it's really important to know. I think something that'd be really good is figuring out how do you go about determining the numbers in your business if you're just doing organic right now, right? And that's something I wanted to pick your brain on, AG, is just kind of mapping out what are like the important things that you need to know in terms of like the marketing side. What are the numbers that you need to be tracking so that you can really be able to assess the kind of like results you're getting for the effort that you're putting in, whether you're running ads or whether somebody's running cold traffic or organic. Well, the first thing that you need to know is you need to know how much money you could be earning elsewhere, right? You know, for some people, it might be that the most they can earn is $10 per hour in another job. For other people, they could be earning $60 or $70 an hour, which again, you might be better off leveraging and paying someone $10 an hour to do a role for you if you can earn $70 elsewhere. Now, the first thing that you really need to know is how many hours, and this is going to apply exactly to paid traffic as well, is it going to take you to start a conversation with someone, right? Probably before that, you need to actually be putting out quality content and the amount of time that you're spending on that content because people have to like you, the amount of time it takes to create videos and so forth what you're being taken away from. Now, after that, like how much does it cost you to start a conversation? How much does it cost you for someone to reply to that conversation? That's a big one, right? Because you can send a load of messages, but how much does it cost for someone to reply? How much money does it cost for you to book someone in? How much money does it cost for that person to show up? And then how much does it cost you to acquire a customer? And all of this is simply that trade-off of your time multiplied by the hourly rate you could earn elsewhere. So let's say um, in the US, minimum wage, depending on where you're at, is like $10 an hour. So let's say I could be earning $10 an hour. I mean, even right now, it's like $15. But just for simple math, we're just going to keep it at $10. Let's say $10 an hour, I could be working at McDonald's. And I'm doing organic marketing. And I spend an hour doing content creation, right? I'm posting about an hour a day of content on social media. Spend like two, another hour preparing that content. And I spend another two to three hours going through my profile, sending friend requests, starting conversation, engaging with people's content, joining Facebook group and engaging with content there and answering questions just to kind of build rapport with prospects that could be potentially ideal clients. Like going into it, that's probably like four to five hours that I've spent to start generating conversations. So that's like $50 that I've already put in just to start at one to two conversations. I already invest like $50. So let's say I do that and I was able to get and start like maybe like 20 conversations, right? Or 25 conversations just to kind of keep it simple. So then essentially, I can essentially say that's about $2.50 per, no, $2 per conversation, right? So I spent five hours or initiate 25 conversations. They didn't reply to me. That's just like people that I've initiated a conversation with. So to initiate a conversation, it cost me $2 to do that. And then however many hours it takes me to follow up with the person to get them to respond, it's still adding, still driving up the cost until I get a response from those people. I think the place to jump to here is your cost per acquisition like how much money that you're actually bringing in. I mean, if you're bringing in one client every two weeks following that system, let's just say client is worth, let's say $1,000 to you. 
you know, it's taken, that means for two weeks, you've earned $500 a week. So sure, there might be a situation where hey, it's better for you to work at McDonald's and earn yourself $10 an hour. But in most cases, you know, if you're a trainer, you're probably better off working for that 40 hours a week and then hiring a virtual assistant who's then going to send out those messages. So you can't be doing a split role. High quality task would be actually creating the content. A low quality task would actually be going around and individually messaging people and booking them in. So I think it's like about being smart with that time and then figuring out what it is. If you're making two sales a week at a thousand bucks, there's 2000 and you're earning a thousand dollars a week, but you really need to know exactly what that number is. So you need to know how much effort is being required to generate the interest, right? So how much time are you putting each week or every day to create the content? And how much time are you putting into the actual conversations that you're having? How long does it take you to turn that conversation into an actual booking, whether that person shows up or doesn't show up, how many calls are you actually getting on? So what's your show rate? And then from there, how many calls do you need to get on to be able to create one client? So when you actually look at it, like let's say somebody is enrolling two to three clients a week at a thousand a pop, right? So like they make $3,000 in a week and they're spending about 40 hours, 40 to 50 hours a week. I say conservatively, like just putting in the effort and actually like having those conversations and generating those those outbounds and uh, engaging with people. And they're spending 50 hours a week and they're getting two to three sales a week, right? So if we kind of break that down, so what you would do is you take the 3000 that you make and divide it by 50, what would that math come out to be? <laughs> right? So let's see. So you're making about $60 an hour, right? If you're doing that for some people, that'd be worth it. But I don't know how many people are actually doing that organically where they're making $60 an hour (laughs) for all the organic work that they're, that they're putting in. But most people, I mean, I don't know anybody who makes that much in their first week putting in that type of time. Oftentimes it takes 30 days to start seeing those types of results. I think there's, there's an important thing that you've got to acknowledge here as well. And I, it's actually a uh, poker terminology that I used to use back in the day in my poker playing days, and it's um, implied odds. Now, implied odds are effectively that you make a decision earlier on knowing that there's a possibility of the cards improving. And when the cards improve, you're going to be able to make 5x your money because your opponent may not necessarily know. It might change the structure of the hand. And there's the opportunity to make more money in the future. So it's pretty much the idea that when you front load and you're learning a new skill and you're getting started, of course, you're going to have a lower hourly rate. Of course, you're you're going to be making money, but you're making money while you're learning a process. Now, I think there's a very important distinction here. It's like there's nothing wrong with learning this process and going through. It's just when you get in the grind every single week. So it's like if you keep on following this organic system over and over and over again, and you've actually exchanged this for work elsewhere. Whether somebody's doing it or not, it doesn't change the fact that is they still really need to be mindful of their numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know your numbers and you're not actually tracking the effort and the time that you're putting into this, then you really don't know what your time is worth and how much is actually costing you to generate the income or the revenue that you're making in your business. Guys, this might seem like a silly question. Tracking numbers is something that you've both done for years and done it really well. But let's say the average personal trainer doesn't really know how to even go about starting to track their numbers. Like, how do they actually do that? How do they follow that process? I think it's the first thing is writing down, start really simple, start really macro. And then, you know, the way I've always built out any set of numbers for the business is you just slowly keep on adding to them. I know AP with our sales tracking sheet, you're all over the numbers and you just keep on adding new and new metrics every single <laughs> that's, week. That's, that's, that's so you get addicted to it, right? 
right? <laughs> yeah. So let's go macro. It's like all it is is a Google sheet and you're effectively writing, you know, putting down how much money did you make? How many clients did you sell? So you know how much is coming in per week. How many hours did you spend? Then you figure out, okay, well, how many clients did I sell for an hour? What was the total amount of money that I sold clients versus hour and out per hour? What is the amount of cash that you're bringing in? An important distinction here. It's all yeah. very well that you sold a program for a thousand bucks, but what if they're paying you like 97 bucks a week? Right. <laughs> the lifetime value, particularly when you're starting out, the lifetime value of that customer is going to be more like $700, not $1,000. Yeah. And you're not getting that money for six months down the track. And you're not getting all of it either. <laughs> so there's going to be some people that drop off. Exactly. So you actually just need to go in and start tracking those numbers a good old fashioned way, just taking time to write it in every week. Right. I typically like to dedicate one day to just do it. Right. And the end of the week, one day to go through kind of like a, as a catch all to go through the entire calendar and go through all the numbers and then update the sheet to make sure everything looks good for that week. Not a lot of people even have that discipline because the truth of the matter is, even if you are like, let's say you, you're listening to this right now and you're doing organic right, mm -hmm. and you take the time and you start mapping out how many hours you're putting into your business, right? And you're realizing that you're not making any sales right now, or maybe you are making a sale or two. And then you start tracking the numbers and how many hours you're putting in. You start realizing, oh, wow, this, my time could actually be much better spent <laughs> working somewhere else <laughs> and generating the cash to pay somebody to do some of these manual tasks that I'm doing for my organic efforts. Right. And it's one of those things where it's like you can't make those type of decisions if you don't know what your numbers are, if you don't know where you're at. Right. You, it's like trying to go somewhere using a GPS. Now, a GPS is a powerful tool to navigate you. But if you don't have a starting destination, the GPS is useless, right? It needs both the starting destination and end destination. So if you don't have like your numbers, even if you're doing organic, you can't actually map out what it's going to take you to get to where you want to be. I suppose it's kind of into paid ads, right? Yeah. All these numbers are, they still all apply. You're still going to be taking up your time. But what's going to happen is your ability to grow your business faster is the key here. And how much does it cost you? Again, exactly the same sort of stuff that we're looking at. How much does it cost you to send a message? How much does it cost you for that person to reply to a message? How much does it cost you for someone to get to your landing page? Right? How much does it cost you for someone to make a booking to show up to that call? And again, your cost per acquisition. You know all these numbers. Of course, you've got your time tied in with this, right? You've got your time. But the difference is you're going to be able to scale at such a great rate that while you might be making a very small amount of money initially, when you're getting going, your ability to start making the big bucks where you're doing like you know, 10, 20, 30 sales in a week is just set up incredibly. Yeah. Let's say, I mean, because with paid ads, if I'm tracking my numbers, let's say with paid ads, I'm able to spend 20 bucks a day, right? And for 20 bucks a day, conservatively, I'm getting 10 new leads reaching out to me every single day. So that'll put my Cosper message or Cosper lead at like $2, right? Mm. And then it takes me an hour to have a conversation with all those people, maybe even less than an hour. Maybe it takes me 10 minutes <laughs> to have a conversation with those people, right? Because they come in and I'm responding to them while they're in there. And it takes me 10 minutes to have a conversation with those leads. And I get one of them booked in into my calendar for the next day. So all of a sudden, what wouldn't have normally taken me maybe an entire week to create? I spent 20 bucks and then I took 10 minutes of my time to have a conversation with those people. <laughs> 
maybe got one of them booked into the calendar. And now I'm done for the day because I have no more leads coming in. So I spent $20 for those leads plus another 10 minutes to have a conversation with those leads. So let's say I'm making $60 an hour, 10 minutes would be a quarter of an hour. So let's say it's really cost me, would that be like 15 bucks, right? So total, I spent 35 bucks for the day to generate 10 conversations and to have one legit opportunity booked into my calendar. So it cost me $35 to have one call booked in for one legit sales opportunity, right? So I would take those numbers over the former numbers where you're spending hours every single day, just finding those conversations and finding those leads and then waiting for those leads to reach out to you and starting the conversation that can turn into a, a booked appointment in your calendar. There's a couple of really important elements here. I want to start off by asking you guys a really quick question and see what you come up with. So when I'm speaking to people who are interested in changing their business, changing their lives, would either one of you want to have a stab at what is the most commonly used word that these people use to describe what they're looking for? Any guesses? I think they'd say freedom. 100% freedom. Now, what do you think that actually indicates? Well, that indicates that if they're looking for freedom right now, they're not feeling free. They're feeling trapped. They're feeling trapped in their business. They don't have the time because really it's broken down into two things. It's time freedom, financial freedom. And when you're working and trading your time for money at a low hourly rate, stuck, trapped, doing the low level tasks, people describe it as being on a hamster wheel. And what happens is some are on a small hamster wheel and they're working 10, 20 hours a week. Some are on a massive hamster wheel where they're working 60 hours a week. They don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that's an incredibly horrible feeling because they know that they're not building something scalable. They know that they're trading time for money and they resent it because 10 years time, like the best they can hope for is to have more clients and to be working more hours and they're still going to be miserable. So people need to know, and you said earlier, G, it's okay to go through a low hourly rate whilst you're learning but you're learning to change your life. You're learning to change your business. You're learning how to actually create time and financial freedom. And if what you're doing in your business right now isn't taking you down that path towards time and financial freedom, using scalability, outsourcing systems, knowing your numbers, then really you're going to be in for a pretty tough time and things aren't going to change. Exactly. For people to understand, like, you need to know where you're at and where you want to be. And then you need to ask yourself, is what I'm doing right now mm -hmm. actually taking me closer to where I want to be? Or is it taking me further away? Mm -hmm. But if you don't know your numbers, you're not even going to be able to answer that question. That's right. What are the behaviors and the decisions that I'm making, taking, etc., leading me towards? And what are the people who are where I want to be and have what I want to have? What are the decisions that they make or the actions that they take? And I promise you, all those people that are where you want to be, they know their numbers inside out, back to front. They have to, otherwise they're not making intelligent decisions. Exactly. For me, I think you want to build with the end in mind, right? So adopting that phrase really has changed the way that I look at everything that I do in the business, right? Building with the end in mind. If I can either spend time doing like the organic stuff manually or take a loss and spend time building the machine that's going to allow me to create the leverage that I need, right? Because if I'm doing this stuff organically, it's a means to an end. I have to be doing it every single day, right? If I take a week off the organic, it's like taking a week off from work. You're not making any money, right? And it's the same thing. So I can spend $10 an hour working, doing an organic task, or I can take that same $10 an hour, work, keep my day job, and then spend time in my free time building the machine that I can use to start running ads. So creating that machine that would allow me to put $10, $20 a day into an ad that can turn into one to two bookings a day that are coming into the calendar without me having to spend the time doing a lot of those manual work.
I like sort of what you just said there, Iggy, and it's something that I always, you know, I think about with every business. It's like, what at the end in mind? What does that actually look like? All three of us have multiple businesses. And the end in mind is, like for me at least, one of my big goals is business. Business is an adventure, right? You do different things every single day. Like, it's supposed to be fun. And what fun is it being trapped in one business with an hourly rate? It's like the end in mind is effectively to systemize yourself out of all tasks in any business that you don't love doing, right? Yeah. Because that's, that's how you want to live life. And the only way that without spreading ourselves thin that we're all, we've all got multiple businesses is thinking like that, going, okay, well, you know, there's one thing to earn more and more money, but also on the other side of that graph, it's like, all right, well, how can we keep reducing more and more of our time while still making money? Exactly. I remember hearing a very good investor saying this. It's like those who are poor do the wrong thing and own the wrong stuff. Those who are rich do the right thing, but own the wrong stuff. Those who are wealthy simply just own the right stuff that allow them to generate the income leveraging other people's time. Right. So if you want to be wealthy, you need to own the right stuff. Get people who are going to do the right thing. <laughs> within that thing that you own. And then that's going to start to allow you to generate kind of active income without, without you having to do too much work. I'm like botching the way that the guy explained it. <laughs> I'll have to find the video, but the dude explained it, did a much better job of explaining it. But it's essentially is like, if you want to have that freedom, you need to own the assets and the machines that do a lot of those manual work for you so that you can focus on just implementing or putting the right pieces in place that's going to drive that machine on your behalf. And you just focus on doing the things that are going to fuel the machine so that it can continue working for you. Yeah. Right. And that's what allowing knowing your numbers inside and out allows you to start thinking through, all right, well, am I building the right machine? Right. Is this being driven by things that I have to do day in and day out? And if you start thinking like a year down the track, is there ever a situation where I can fully remove myself from this thing that I'm doing right now? Right. And if you can't fully remove yourself from this thing, then you don't really have an asset that you can leverage. It's still a liability because as soon as you stop doing it, it stops producing the results. So for me, I'm like, all right, what vehicle was that going to be? I systemized organic as much as I could. I had a VA doing everything. But even then, as soon as they stopped working or as soon as I stopped posting, the outcome stopped coming. Whereas like with ads, I can always spend more money on ads and do less and just have somebody doing the manual work on my behalf. At the end of the day, for those of you guys who are listening, the most important takeaway for you guys is sitting down and evaluating what you're doing right now um, and evaluating what your numbers need to look like. And I think if you're listening and want to be able to compare what you're doing and what the numbers you're seeing right now in your business, you want to be able to have kind of like a benchmark or performance benchmark that you can kind of compare it to. You should definitely reach out to us and book like an actual business audit and where we can actually take our numbers and you can look at our marketing numbers. But all right, so this is the efforts. I did my time audit. This is what the results that I'm getting right now based on my effort. What could it look like if I adopted and start focusing my time on building a machine that can drive the outcome for me? And I think if you start sitting down and doing that, now you're going to start being able to look at your daily tasks and looking at what you're doing and realize this may not be the vehicle that's going to take me to where I want to be. All right, but you're not going to have that revelation unless you sit down and audit and take time to look at your numbers. Yep. Freedom, time, money, 
you know, you got to get this stuff organized. Otherwise, you're never going to have any of those things. Was there anything else you guys wanted to touch on as far as this goes? No, I think that's it. So we'll call it for today's episode. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Obviously, uh, if you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, please remember to like and subscribe to the channel. Any other podcast, auditory platform, please make sure to give us a five-star review and subscribe. And I will see you on the next episode. <laughs>